And there's a tag. Here we go. And the bear is legal. Barely legal, but legal. This match so far has been unbearable. Wow. You're the road to that one to go. The bear is pawing Slater. Watch out for the bear part. <laughs> oh, the bear hug! The bear hug! This is it! The bear hug! Slater's done! Oh! A shot to the kidneys! Tell me I did not just see that. Wrestling fans, are you For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty! Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there, too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's WrestleRant Radio. folks right here on wrestle rant radio for june 15th 2017 bringing you here today exclusive predictions for sunday's wwe money in the bank pay-per-view pretty stacked card coming your way from smackdown live it's emanating from st louis on sunday like i said stacked card two money in the bank ladder matches we got the wwe title up, uh, up for grabs as well the women's championship the tag team titles it's going to be a pretty good show on sunday but here to join me to talk about all the predictions for Sunday's show, who's going over, who's leaving with the briefcases. We got a debut here on WrestleRant Radio today. Nick Cramp, is that how you pronounce your last name? Crap? I'm sorry, I, I can't no, pronounce it with a live message. That is perfect. That is actually really good. That's better than uh, most of my teachers did back in college and all that stuff. Okay, there we go. Perfect. So before we get started, let's plug your Twitter machine as well. Nick Crap, K R A P F. Is that is that correct, Nick? Then your last name? That is Nick Kraft. Just think of Kraft macaroni and cheese without the, you know, without the, the peace silent right there. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, I'm always mispronouncing names here on the show, so I'm glad I got one right here today. But uh, before we get started, though, I just want to ask you about your general anticipation level, not only for the pay-per-view, but... Uh, there, there's been a lot of talk currently about the current WWE product and ratings being at an all-time low and stuff like that. Where are you at at the moment in terms of where your thoughts are, what your thoughts are on, on both Raw and SmackDown, respectively? What is your anticipation level going to each show each week? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know why ratings are down. Raw, this past week's Raw, very good. I like the, the build-up between Lesnar and Samoa Joe, definitely. That's starting to get that's starting to get good hype. That's getting going. Uh, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. That could be a very interesting feud. Uh, two of the top guys on Raw. I can't wait to see those two do battle. Uh, women's division. Alexa Bliss right now is killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's doing very good. Nia Jax. She's getting into the fold now, which I like. We also got Mickey James, who's finally getting recognition. Maybe she's in line for a title shot. Soon, which I hope to see. Uh, Bailey, I don't know what they're doing with Bailey right now. I've, I've read multiple reports that she might be turning heel soon. She's got yeah. a guy. See, I don't 
know if I'm going to like that. We'll see where that goes. Then you then you got like the little minor storyline, like the tightest brand. I like that. That's something intriguing. I don't know if Apollo Crews is the right guy. Dadawa could make it interesting. And uh, you also got the big cast and Enzo Amore angle. Who's attacking them? Is it the revival? Is it big show? Is it cast? So as of right now, I understand ratings are down, but it looks like the show is starting to head in the right direction. They have a lot of potentially good storylines, not to mention the storylines with Graves and Angle, and you also got Miz Ambrose. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, taking, they're taking the right steps. Uh, as for Money in the Bank, I'm really excited, especially with the first ever woman Money in the Bank this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the pay-per-view usually always delivers, dating back to, you know, 2011 with Punk and Cena and all the years from there on after. Every show has usually been good to great to very, very good to just flat-out fantastic. So I'm hoping the show on Sunday is every bit as good as the past SmackDown pay-per-views. Backlash was pretty good, Elimination Chamber, TLC, so on and so forth. So the exclusive events since the brand split have been above average for the most part, at least for SmackDown. So we'll see where that... uh where that takes us going into Sunday with each of these matches. So far, only five matches have been advertised for the main card. So if anything is added, we're not going to talk about it. But it, it seems like they could fill out two hours. They've done five to six matches a card before for SmackDown, and they've they filled out two and a half, almost three hours. Um, I know Backlash was about eight matches, I think, and no kickoff match has been announced yet either. I'm sure we'll get, you know, Ty Dillinger or Luke Harper or Aiden English or whoever, but... um. Yeah, the pay-per-view should be good on paper. Uh, first match we're going to talk about here for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, the Usos versus the New Day. The New Day recently returned to SmackDown Live, debuting on the blue brand, immediately setting their sights on the tag titles. And now at a Money in the Bank, they're getting their first shot at the straps. Will they beat the Usos? That's a question. Uh, Nick, who do you think is going over here, the Usos or the New Day? This is probably uh, one of the toughest matches to predict. Uh, New Day and the Usos, they've both been carrying the tag division for years now uh it's i think this is the first time we're seeing them face off head to head if i am correct i really like the usos winning uh i think they since they turned heel they have been tremendous their promo work is getting so much better each week we already know they could deliver it inside the ring i really like the usos i mean i know the crowd's heavy favors the new day but I don't think it's New Day's time. The only thing I worry about with the Usos winning is who's next to challenge. Do they cheat during this match and that's how they pull off the victory? Or do they go over cleanly? And if they do go over cleanly, who challenges them? I know we saw Zack Ryder this past week return and he hyped up Mojo saying that they're going to reclaim the belts that they should have probably had by now before he got injured. But uh, who knows? I think that's setting up Mojo and Zach. That's going to set up for one of them to turn heel, more than likely Mojo, since he's been frustrated as of late and he's been voicing that. That's the only thing I fear with the Usos winning, who's next to challenge them. Yeah, that was my next question as well. We just saw the Hype Bros return on Tuesday SmackDown. It seems like they're going to be getting a shot soon. They did earn it six months ago, and Zack Ryder won the Battle Royal for the team, the Tag Team Battle Royal, so they still have that lingering above them as well. I'm sure we will get Usos versus Hype Bros coming out of Money in the Bank. I don't see it being a pay-per-view caliber match. Like, I could see it on next week's SmackDown if they want to blow it off, and as you said, maybe move into Mojo and Zack as a singles feed, which might be fine because the Tag Team Division on SmackDown is okay. It's filled with teams anyway. I don't know where Amer- American Alpha is, but they still have them in the uh, in the mix as well when, once they bring them back. But um, 
In regards to the Usos and New Day, I completely agree. I think it's not New Day's time to take the titles, but they could always go back to them, whether it be at Battleground, which I think is a SmackDown show next month, maybe at SummerSlam when they won the championships to begin with two years ago in Brooklyn. So they could always do that, but I'm going to agree with you. I think the Usos are the team to go over here. The New Day will get their shot at some point down the road. Um, hopefully they continue the feed. If there's any, if there's any team that thrown Usos as champions, I would say it's the the new day. But it's only really a matter of time. So before we move on here, though, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, where the hell is American Alpha? That's my question for you, Nick. Where has American Alpha been, and where do you see them fitting into the SmackDown mix once they come back? That, that's a great question. I wish I had the answer. These guys are so talented inside the ring. Uh, they really came up through NXT, and they were great in NXT. You get to the main roster, you know, so they win the belts pretty much right away uh, with no delay. I'm honestly surprised that they did not move during the Superstar shakeup, considering, you know, you do have Angle as the Royal General Manager, and, you know, you have Chad Gable as this guy who has a, a wrestling background just like Angle did. So why wouldn't you do that maybe form something with them? Uh, I'm hoping to see American Alpha come back soon. That's another thing. If they come back, are they going to come back as faces? Or are they going to come back as heels? I think they might come back as heels, so that may be another thing that you lean towards the direction of the New Day. Like I said, this one's a tough one, but I'm glad that we're both in agreement that Uso should take this. Yeah, like you said earlier, though, the Usos have just been in a massive role since turning heel. They've been a great set of champions back since March, so it makes the most sense for them to retain on Sunday. At least for right now, New Day can take the titles at some point down the road. They just came back. They've been getting all the momentum on SmackDown, so it makes the most sense for the Usos to retain there. Uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Naomi versus Lana. Lana making her singles debut prior to this point has never wrestled a one-on-one -on -one match in WWE, at least on TV. So that being said... I don't know if the ball is in her court here, because Naomi has not exactly been the greatest champion, aside from Tuesday's SmackDown, where she beat Tamina. Um, I've been keeping tabs on this. She has not won a single match, a tag team match, one-on-one, -on -one, whatever, since April. So the fact they've been booking her to lose all the time, obviously, does not bode well for her chances <clears throat> in this match against Lana at the pay-per-view. Uh, and obviously, they still have the briefcase for the Women's Championship, which we'll talk about right after this. But focusing on the SmackDown women's title first, do you think Lana walks out of Money in the Bank as the new champion in her singles debut? I'm going to say no, and that's only about a month and a half removed from seeing Jinder pull off the impossible mm -hmm. and beat Andy Orton. Uh, right now, I know the crowd, they, they wanted Lana. We got Lana. Uh, she did look impressive, hitting, I'm assuming, was her finisher on Naomi this past Tuesday on SmackDown. However, I am going to give it to Naomi. Uh, Naomi has improved vastly in the ring. Promo works, you know, still needs a little work promo-wise, but I'm not giving Lana a shot. I don't think it's her time. I just don't think they trust her in the money in the bank. They didn't want to put that all on her plate, so they're going to give her a nice match with Naomi. I could see it being the shortest match of the night, uh, maybe five, seven minutes. But I think Lana will turn some heads. I don't think she will be like a Eva Marie in the ring. I can tell you that right now. I think down in NXT, I heard good things when she was competing down in NXT. People were impressed. So I think she could put on a, a decent match. And I think she, in the future, I mean, even though right now she's getting the championship opportunity, I think in the future she could definitely be a champion. But I just think right now you got to give it to Naomi. 
Yeah, I got to agree. I think Naomi's walking out of Sunday still the SmackDown Women's Champion, <clears throat> if only just because she won the belt two months ago. She's, like I said, hardly received any momentum. So while it looks like she's the underdog coming into this contest, it does look like she is retaining on Sunday. What that means for the future of her title reign, where she goes from here, I guess they're all really uh, is a matter of who wins the ladder match after this, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but you mentioned it right there. You mentioned Eva Marie, and there's been a lot of talk about Lana, whether she's the next Eva Marie. I don't know where that kind of stemmed from, and whether the fact they're taking Eva Marie's gimmick and giving it to Lana that does not seem the same to me because I know Eva Marie wasn't wrestling at all when she was doing her character over uh, over the summer and now Lana actually is wrestling so I don't know if it's the exact same thing but there has been talk that Lana was given was given the scraps of the uh, Emelina character that never really took off earlier this year do you see the resemblance between those two characters or do you think Lana will be a persona all of her own I think what makes Lana so successful is she's great on the mic uh, we saw him pretty much carry Rusev a lot through his, his, you know, he got it done in the ring. He he couldn't really talk on the mic. He's okay on the mic, but Lana really carried that. And the problem with someone like Eva Marie, they didn't like her on the mic and they didn't like her in the ring. So mm-hmm. I think Lana has that advantage to her. I think, I think realistically, after looking at her finisher, I know it's only one finisher, but still, that's great greatly looked a lot better than anything that Eva Marie ever pulled off inside the ring. So with that said, I don't know if it's a, like you said, if she was given like an Eva Marie character or the scraps of Emelina. We never really even saw what Emelina was supposed to be. It was supposed to be this huge, huge gimmick, and then it just tanked. So I think Lana put her own little spin on it. I think her mic her mic skills really help her in this case. And like I said, I do see her as a future champion, but as of right now, I can't see her taking it from Naomi. And speaking of her mic skills, do you think now would be the time for her to take away the Russian accent? Because I don't know if it really fits this character, or do you think that's part of her appeal? Do you think she should stick with the Russian accent, which is obviously fake anyway? I mean, by this point, people have already seen what she actually talks like, what her actual accent is, because she's on Total Divas. She talks normally there. So do you think now would be the time to take away the accent, a lot like Kofi Kingston did many years ago, or do you think she should stick with it? Uh, Kofi, Kofi got away with it. I think he slipped up, though, when he did it. Uh, I like the accent just because if they always wanted to go with Rusev, you know, Rusev and her, both of them champions, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hand in hand, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see her losing it eventually, especially since we know she's not really Russian and all that stuff. We have heard her talk normal, you know. Just as of right now, I think since it's the ravishing, you know, the ravishing Russian kind of thing, I think she keeps it for now. Bonus question. Do you see Rusev showing up on Sunday? You mentioned him right there. He has not been seen in many months, especially since debuting or moving over to SmackDown in April. Um, He's been heard from on a few occasions. I heard his plans got scrapped to go after the WWE title Money in the Bank. We haven't heard from him since before Backlash. So do you see Rusev showing up on Sunday in any form or fashion? I would like to see him come back at Money in the Bank. Uh, if there was one thing, I could see him maybe attacking Sami Zayn and somehow he gets, or, you know, they're going to say, oh, someone attacked Sami Zayn. And then he gets introduced in the Money in the Bank ladder match and then he wins it. That would be crazy. I think I, I would surely like to see that. But it's kind of crazy how Rusev went from, oh, I demand to be heard from, and then they just completely, we haven't heard anything like mm-hmm. you mentioned since then. Uh, so I would like to see Rusev there. I don't know if 
I think WWE is hoping that we forgot about Rusev. Although this past Tuesday we heard we want Rusev's chance, but I, I think they're hoping that we forgot about Rusev and his crusade to be champion come money in the bank time. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I expect him to be back at some point in the near future. Maybe I would bank on him being back on the Tuesday after the pay-per-view. I don't know about the event itself. It would be cool if they did the idea you just pitched with him taking out someone in the ladder match. Probably Sami Zayn. The guy gets beat up every single week, let's be honest. And then he wins the ladder match in the briefcase by association. Uh, That would be great. I don't know if I see it happening. I don't know why they wouldn't have brought him back ahead of time. But we'll see. I mean, there's definitely a possibility. But yeah, like you said, it's just weird considering that they only really do what's convenient for them. I mean, they were pushing his return for literally at least two or three weeks. There was one point where they were advertising him on commercials to come back on SmackDown one night, and he didn't show up that night, and then they never brought it up again. <laughs> it was just it was just the weirdest thing, so I guess we'll see where they go with it. So it would be cool to see him on Sunday. I'm not expecting it, but uh, he should be back at some point in the near future. I know there were reports this past week, like as of like a, a day ago or two days ago, that he was cleared to compete again. Um, but then he went on the record on his Twitter and said no, but Rusev is known to be a troll in the past, so you never really know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe that was why they didn't bring him back. He wasn't cleared yet. I'm not really sure. But I guess I, only- I think the one thing I think the one thing that WWE is trying to do now, uh-huh. you know, given what this singles push is try to separate the two of them. Yeah. Which is bad. I mean, I like I said, Rusev doesn't have the greatest mic skills in the world, and that's where Lana comes in. But I, I think it would be nice in the future if he held the WWE Championship and she held the SmackDown Women's Championship. That would be that would be intriguing to me. How often do we see, you know, husband and wife hold titles at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. Actually, I don't know. If, have we ever seen that in WWE? To your knowledge, have we ever seen that before? Because I can't think of any other couple that's held championships at the same time. Not that I could... Not... I mean, you could say, I guess, you know, the, the Usos and Naomi right now, you know. True, but, okay, yeah. But, I mean, that, that, that's a tag type. You know, you know, imagine the top of the men's division and the top of the women's division. Mm-hmm. That would be good, you know. I, I, but I think right now, maybe they're holding off Rusev so Lana could get her spotlight as a single competitor, and then maybe add him later on. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, at least they didn't formally split them up. Like, they did a couple years ago when they did the whole Dolph Ziggler feud with Rusev and Summer Rae got involved. That was just a total train wreck. So I'm glad they didn't go through that again. They just kind of went their separate ways while while Rusev was away and, and Lana's doing her own thing right now. So that means they could still always get back together at some point down the road, if not as soon as Rusev gets back. Uh, so speaking of the women, you mentioned it earlier, first ever SmackDown Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Winner of this match gets a future title shot at any time, any place they're choosing at the SmackDown Women's Championship. So the combatants include, we got Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Carmella, and Tamina. History will be made on Sunday. Nick, who do you got going over in this unpredictable contest? I'm going to go with Carmella. Okay, full prediction, okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Carmella. I think uh, James Ellsworth gets involved, so we're gonna see him get attacked and probably fall on top of a ladder or something like that. <laughs> but I think uh, Carmella got this one in the bag. I think Charlotte, you know, for everything that she's accomplished, you know, she had a great 2016. I don't think she needs the briefcase. Becky Lynch is another one. I don't I don't feel like she needs the briefcase. Tamina just returned from injury you know she's looked all right since returning from injury i don't think she's at that level yet which leaves you with natalia and carmella i just think with carmella 
Carmella has a couple of victories over Naomi in the past, as does uh, Natty. But at the same time, I think with Carmella and James Ellsworth together, I think that could play big if she holds on to the briefcase for a while because James Ellsworth could always serve as a distraction to the champion and all that. And I think Carmella, she has improved so much in the ring. I, 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 it really comes down to me. I think Carmella and Natty are the two favorites. Interesting that you say that. I think it comes down to Carmella and Charlotte. Natalia... I mean, it would be cool to see her win it. I mean, because obviously she's still a very good worker, despite all the fact, despite the fact that Bailey's come up and Charlotte and Sasha and Becky, and they have a lot more good wrestlers in the women's division than they did five years ago. And Natalia was still at her, you know, was still at the top of the division. But um, there's still a chance. I mean, Natalia has been the leader of this this stable they got going on, the welcoming committee. To me, I will agree is at no point. I mean, it's not even, I wouldn't even say she's not ready because she's been here for seven years. She's just not that good. So I would, I, would, I mean, I could see the story I was thinking the other day because they put up an interview on .com with Tamina, like a video interview, a face-to-face interview. And she was talking about how the pay-per-view emanates or takes place on Father's Day. And obviously her father being uh, Jimmy Superfly Sinaka, who passed away earlier this year. And um, maybe she does a, a snuck a splash, a, a superfly splash, a splash off one of the top of the ladders. Maybe not the top of the ladder, but off the side of the ladder or the turnbuckle on top of a ladder. I'm not sure, but I could see her playing a big role in this match, but maybe not winning it. Uh, Becky too. She talked about in an interview who was conspicuous by her absence on SmackDown, but she talked about in an interview on .com as well about how she was the first women's draft pick for SmackDown in the brand split last year, and, and then the brand extension. She was the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, and now she wants to be the first ever SmackDown Mrs. Money in the Bank, so that'd be pretty cool too, but yeah, like you said, Charlotte is who I was leaning towards just because, I mean, she won the first ever Women's Hell in the Cell match, she's been a big star in SmackDown, they've, they've constantly said that she's the biggest acquisition in the Superstar shakeup from Raw, uh, and I think Charlotte Naomi is more of a long-term project, I know they teased that when she first came over to SmackDown, but then they kind of went away from that because they did the whole stable feud, uh, the brand or the uh uh yeah, the stable wars whatever between the two teams. So, I want to say Charlotte not because they want to see her win, I'd rather see Becky win, but Carmella, I'm going to go with her as well. I think we're going to go 3 for 3 on this as well. I'm going to go sit Carmella just because like you said, she does own two victories over Naomi, and she has brought it up from time to time on Talking Smack and on SmackDown at certain points, and it kind of got forgotten about. And I thought she would win the five-way we were going to get on SmackDown a few weeks ago, which obviously never happened, and we are getting this instead. Um, but Carmella makes the most sense. I mean, she's not amazing at the moment, like in the ring or anything, but she can get better in time, and she might be a bit more of a long-term project. So that being said, I'm going to go Carmella too. But all these women, I mean, the best part about this match is that really, maybe not every one of them, but at least one of the, each one of them has some certain story um, to emerge victorious here, and there's at least some chance they could win, which is good. Um, but from an in-ring standpoint, Nick, what are you expecting from this match? Do you expect it to be really, really good? Were you one of the people that was saying it's not a good idea because it might be a complete train wreck? What are you expecting from this match? I think it's going to be a good match. I think it's going to start off slow, you know, because the women, you know, how many of them have really been on top of a ladder, and it's a little intimidating at first. But we already know Charlotte could bring it. And I, ex- I fully expect Charlotte to possibly do a moonsault off uh, a ladder, possibly. Uh, Tamina and Natty, they'll bring the power game, so I'm sure we'll see, you know, some slams on top of the ladder and all that stuff. I mean, for, for Natty herself, 
she just went through a table a couple of weeks ago, so we we know she's willing to put her body on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky, she's no stranger to putting her body on the line, so we'll see her do stuff. And like you said, you know, Charlotte, she was the first ever in the Hell in a Cell. You know, she did the Iron Woman match, so we know she'll be able to do it. Uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to start off slow, but I think once, you know, they take a bump or two, the nerves will calm down, and I, I think it'll be a good match, and I hope we see more of it in the future. I like seeing, you know, I, I honestly didn't like that they moved money in the bank to a SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. I always felt, you know, there should be two briefcases, one on each show, but, you know, I'll take two on one show as well. I always feel like that's good to have two briefcases out, out there. I mean, it can be argued that Money in the Bank is a bigger Big Four pay-per-view than than Survivor Series. I mean, I know they tried to make it a big deal last year, and to an extent it was with Brock and Goldberg and the brand warfare and stuff, but I, I would agree. I feel like Money in the Bank is more of a two-brand show, and it was before the brand split ended the first time. And, I, of course, by that point, all the pay-per-views were uh, co-branded with Raw and SmackDown, so it's a bit different, but... No, I do agree. Maybe in future years they can bring it back to WrestleMania or just make the show Raw and SmackDown and they can have it be a shared show. Who knows? But, yeah, I think the match is going to be pretty good. I, I mean, I'm glad we're finally getting it. And I think if there's any good time, I think there's any, the best time to do this t- the type of match with the women would be right now. I mean, if you did it five, six years ago with the likes of, God, Kelly, Kelly, all the other ones that were in the division at that point, that would just would have been... Just atrocious. The match would have been just a complete train wreck. So I think with the women you have in this match, like you said, Charlotte is willing to take risks. You got Becky Lynch. Natalia's always been great. Carmella's getting better. Tamina is what it is, but she's not awful. So um, the match, I think it's going to open a few eyes and it's going to turn a few heads. So I guess we'll see who comes out on top and what they do to deliver in this setting. Hopefully they don't go balls to the wall. Like I mean, Sasha and Charlotte had a good match, I thought, at Hell in a Cell. It wasn't great. But I think part of the reason, maybe it was just a Sasha-Charlotte thing, but they tried too hard in a few of their matches, and Sasha, like when she went flying outside of the ropes, uh, did the tope suicida, and she almost broke her neck on whatever she was doing. Like, I feel like they tried too hard in a few of their matches, but I don't think we'll run into that issue here, because it's obviously a ladder match, and they got to take it easy, so we'll see where they go with it. Um, but moving that's the, one, that's the one thing, like you said. Like you're saying, you yep. know, you don't want them to go too far because you know we're used to seeing the guys bleed and all that stuff. I can't really remember a time we, you know, like a woman bleed heavily. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. So you can, you, you, you want to humanize it a little bit. You know, they are still women inside the ring, and not saying you know I'm all for you know gender equality and all that stuff. But you also don't want to see these ladies really risking their careers too much for just one match to, to try to upstage the guys. That's exactly it. Yeah, I hope they don't go out there hoping to upstage the guys and they just they just go out there and have great matches. I mean, their matches, they had a match at WrestleMania 32, which I thought was the best match in the show uh, between Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha. And they didn't go out there and kill each other. I mean, I know Charlotte did a moonsault off the top rope, but she does that all the time now, so it's not a huge deal. But it was still a cool spot. But they didn't go out there using chairs and tables and doing flips off the top of the set just to upstage the guys. They just had a great match. So I feel like they can do that here. It's going to be tough with the Money in the Bank ladder match we have in the main event, which I assume is the main event with the men, but I feel like they could still go out there and have a great match. Uh, A a match I don't think is going to be too great, to be quite honest with you. Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship, a feud that personally for me has done absolutely nothing. I mean, Mahal as champion, like you said, is the big shock. I was not expecting it, a backlash. Mahal, of all people, surprised me. 
as the person they're going with as champion, but it is what it is. I mean, at this point, they got to see it through. I think to take the title off of him a month after winning it would just be a huge mistake if they really want to make him into a main event star. They have to have him beat Orton here in his hometown, too. So, I mean, we all know how that goes. If you're in your hometown, more often than not, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. So, I assume yeah. Orton loses here. But, um, yeah, I think I think Jinder wins. I think he's still the WWE champion coming out of the show. Whether the winner of the ladder match cashes in is another question. We'll talk about that momentarily because I think that match closes the show, not this one. And I think it should, too. Um, but I think Mahal retains the championship in his experiment, whether it be, you know, over a month from now, the hands of John Cena or whoever, at some point down the road, I think now is not the time to dethrone him as champion. So, Nick, who do you see going over here between Mahal and Orton? Does Mahal's championship run last another month at the very least? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say Jinder Mahal as well. Uh, as of right now, SmackDown, you know, I know you mentioned just the title belt. Do you only throw it on him for a month? SmackDown right now hasn't really had a stable champion. Mm-hmm. Styles off at the Rumble, then we know Cena lost their elimination ch- chamber to Wyatt. Wyatt lost it at WrestleMania to Orton. Orton lost it to Mahal at Backlash. You know, these are only really a month or two reigns right here. Then it's not really good. You need a stable champion. Now, like you said, you, you, you know, you got to bite the bullet, honestly. And you, you got if you're going to push Ginger to the main event, you have to have him go over Orton here in St. Louis. And they're really pushing the St. Louis hometown thing. As you stated, we've seen it so many times. Superstars are losing in their hometown. We just saw it uh, with Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss beat uh, Bailey for the, the women's championship in her hometown. Mm-hmm. So it's not that big of a deal. Uh, so I definitely see Jinder winning. The only thing is who does Jinder face at SummerSlam? That's the one thing I'm worried about. Yeah, that, that's been the big question coming out of this show. I mean, obviously, he has to win first on Sunday, but we, I think we both assume that he will, and he, he should. I mean, it's really a pick-your-poison. Mahal is champion. For me, I'm, I'm not going to say it's been terrible. He's trying. He looks the part. It's only going to get better in time, I'm sure, but so far, it's not lighting the world on fire. But then again, Orton is champion was probably worse. The guy is just not interesting as champion at all. And like you said, that's been my biggest criticism, too. The fact that Belt has changed hands... At least once a month since January, from Cena to Wyatt to Orton to Mahal, to give it right back to Orton for his 14th world title, 15th world title, whatever it might be, would be just ridiculous. So I really hope that's not where they're going with this. But assuming he gets past Orton on Sunday, beyond John Cena, who's apparently coming back as a free agent on the 4th of July, which to me is just way too predictable if they go that route with Mahal and Cena, um, I guess we'll talk about the ladder match in a second, but... Who would you like to see? Maybe not who would you uh, think is going to see, but rather who would you like to see face Mahal for the championship come SummerSlam? Or who would you like to see be the one to beat Jinder Mahal for that championship at some point? Well, besides Cena, obviously, which the free agent thing, that's throwing me for a loop. I mm-hmm. understand that things are low, but I don't like the idea that he's possibly going to be appearing both on Raw and SmackDown. We can only handle so much Cena, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. uh, as of right now... Who I could see possibly taking down Jinder is whoever holds that money in the bank briefcase, definitely. It could be all six of those guys, honestly. I would rather see them hold the title over Jinder. If I had to choose a a favorite outside those, you know, if they don't win the money in the the bank, I could see possibly AJ Styles taking it from Jinder. I think that would be 
a good feud. We saw the match a couple of weeks ago, greatest match in the world, and he did get the win over AJ. But I think AJ would probably be probably the best person to take the belt off of Jinder. And I think that would get Jinder more heat. You know, you, you go after the top guy in Styles, I think that would get him more heat and that would help his character more. So I think Styles would probably be the one we see challenging at SummerSlam and potentially taking the belt off of Jinder. I, I would like to see it. I mean, Mahal in any marquee match at SummerSlam, to me, just... It doesn't feel right, but if he is going to hold the championship till SummerSlam, if he's not going to drop it at Battleground, and he probably should, again, if they really want to see it through, he should probably be champion through SummerSlam. Uh, Styles would make the most sense because I don't, I mean, there's a couple other people on the roster. I mean, they're in the ladder match or just, I mean, other people on the show like Cena or whatever, which, like you said, the free agent thing is just, uh, I guess we'll see where it goes, but I don't like the idea either of him appearing on both shows. But uh, if there's anyone that's going to get at least a very good match, if not a great match at a gender, I don't think Orton can, honestly. They just, these two just don't have great chemistry. But um, it could be Styles, so we'll see where it goes. Like you said, it wasn't the most amazing match ever on SmackDown about a month or so ago. But you know what? If there's, there's no better guy in the ring on SmackDown, in my opinion, than Styles. So he would make the most sense to uh, eventually take that title off of gender down the road. So speaking of styles, the ladder match, it's AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, and Dolph Ziggler in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, the winner earning a future shot at any time and place of their choosing for the WWE Championship. Again, I assume, I'm, I'm doing this one last because I assume it's main eventing, as it probably should. I know the WWE title always goes on last, we're in Orton's hometown, but... The intrigue for this match, the people involved in this match, is infinitely better than anything involving Jinder and, and Orton. So we'll see if they do go with the right decision having this close the show. I know it's all for the championship going on last for prestigious reasons and whatever, but this is the real main event of the show right here. And again, a lot like with the women, realistically, any one of these guys could come out on top. Maybe with the exception of Dolph Ziggler, but Corbin, I could see, Owen, Zane, Nakamura, Styles all have a pretty equal chance of coming out on top here. Uh, Nick, who do you think walks away with a briefcase and earning a future opportunity at the belt? First, I gotta say, this is the most star-studded money in the bank that I could remember. Mm -hmm. You have many great stars. Uh, we know AJ had a great 2016, you know, his debuting year in the WWE, probably the best that a superstar has ever had. You have Kevin Owens, who had a really good 2016, having a pretty damn good 2017 as well. As you said, Ziggler, he's a two-time world heavyweight champion, and he's probably the long shot here. No one expects him to win. You have Nakamura, who, let's face it, the guy the guy is super over. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves him. He's, he's, a, he's already a fan favorite, and he's only had a handful of matches. Just the name itself, everybody loves him. Sami Zayn, you can't count him out. And you last you have Baron Corbin. I'm going to go with Baron Corbin. Uh, I always felt the Money in the Bank briefcase should go to the superstar who is on the cusp of becoming that next big star. And the Money is the, in the Bank is like the key to get him over the final hump. Uh, Baron Corbin, 2016, of course, he debuted at WrestleMania. He won the Andre the Giant Battle uh, Royal. Won that. Started off kind of slow on Raw. He had a, a little feud with Dolph Ziggler. Towards the end of 2016-17, he started building up steam. Uh, at WrestleMania, I thought he was going to take the belt off at Ambrose. It wound up being a not that great of a match, and he lost. 
And ever since then, he's kind of been in the middle. They really haven't had much really for him to do. They haven't found a really key feud for him. So I think this is the thing that propels him to the next level. Yeah, I got to agree with Corbin. I mean, I feel like if he loses here, I feel like not only should he win, but he kind of has to win. I mean, when you consider everyone else in this match, Ziggler, I assume, is out of here at some point in the next few months. And then even Nakamura said something about that. I don't know if anyone else picked up on that, but he said something about Dolph Ziggler going to Japan soon after he's gone to the company. I don't know why he said that, but he said it on Talking Smack. So that was... I heard that as well. I heard that as well. Did you interpret it as that with him going to Japan? or What did he say exactly? Do you know? I don't re- recall what he said exactly, but I do remember online, especially on Twitter, a lot of people were like, did Nakamura just say that Ziggler's leaving for Japan? Which, hey, I can see it. You know, Ziggler, he's had a great run in the WWE, but his, his time's up. He really doesn't get a reaction anymore, which is a shame. At one point, he thought this guy was going to be the next big star. And yeah, he had a he had a good career in WWE, but right now, his, his, his time's up pretty much. Yeah, I mean, he's he's faced everyone there is to face. I mean, he's probably feuded with pretty much every guy in this match at one point or another, and, and then some Orton scene, and then pretty much anyone else on Raw or SmackDown right now. I think a lot like Cody Rhodes, he would benefit from just leaving WWE, and maybe not. I think Japan is probably the best place for him, if not like Ring of Honor and companies like that. Um, but I think he would instantly, no doubt, see him as a member of the Bullet Club as soon as he was to leave WWE if he goes to Japan. I think he would join Bullet Club in no more than a week. I feel like he'd be a great fit for that group. But So that being said, I, I don't think he wins here. I think this is uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty academic. He loses this match. But uh, then Kevin Owens, the United States champion, he can get in the title picture anytime he wants. He's, you know, he's, he's a former world champion. Has his styles, doesn't need it. Nakamura, I've seen some people say Nakamura, but I think the fact that he was the last one standing on SmackDown on Tuesday pretty much gave it away that he's not going to win, which is usually what they do as a red herring. Uh, I mean, it would be fine if he won, but I think he's more, again, of a long-term project. Him and Styles for the belt of Mania, I know that's a dream match for many, myself included, at, uh, at WrestleMania 34, and maybe they put the belt on him or... They wait to put the belt on him until then. I mean, obviously, his promo skills aren't amazing. He's still got to work on that, so maybe not right now, but it wouldn't be a bad thing. Sammy is probably next to Ziggler, kind of a long shot. I mean, he could be Mr. Money in the Bank, but it's more, I, I don't know. I think it's just going to take more time. The thing, with, the thing I fear with Sammy is he will, win, he will win the briefcase, and then he would be Damian Sandow, pretty much. He mm-hmm. would because he hasn't won anything. He's always come so close to winning something, and then he just drops it off, and that's it. Which is a shame, because right now he, he should he should have been at least the United States champion or the Continental champion, but as of right now, that's why I don't want to see him win the briefcase. I feel like if you put it on Corbin or any of the other guys, except for Ziggler in that matter, they, they will win the championship. And I feel like... We're going. I I know you have to not make it predictable, but I feel like if you win Money in the Bank, you kind of have to win the championship. Yeah, just having Sammy win only to lose the title match would just be a waste, I think. Like you said, Damian Sandow, I mean, it was cool when he won, but they did absolutely nothing with him coming out of the briefcase win to the point where when he cashed in on John Cena, I mean, it would have been cool if he won, but it would have been a joke. I mean, the guy was losing on, on... superstars to Santino Morella. It's like, how can you book a, a Money in the Bank winner as that, like that? So, with Sammy, 
Like you said, it's not quite that bad, but they get hot and cold of them. They put them in a good feud with Braun Strowman or Kevin Owens or Baron Corbin. And then it just kind of drops off and he doesn't do anything. He didn't do anything at WrestleMania. He was in the Battle Royal. He got tossed towards the end. He didn't win. So, yeah, I would fear for him if he was to win the briefcase because I don't think he would cash in successfully. Baron Corbin's probably the best bet. I, mean, I think Sammy would, anyway, like Sammy, a lot like Bailey, would benefit from a longer, you know, more gradual build to the title as opposed to just winning it right away. But Baron Corbin, um, he's about ready. Like you said, he's gotten a lot better since he showed up in the main roster for the first time about a year ago, uh, both in the ring, on the mic. And, uh, I mean, he's not the most amazing technical wrestler of all time, but if he's in there with a guy like AJ Styles or Shinsuke Nakamura, or really anyone like that, they could have he can have a really good match. So um, I'm assuming and I'm hoping he wins the briefcase on Sunday. And one final question for you, Nick. Uh, if Corbin does win, or really anyone rather, I guess, uh, when do you see them cashing in the briefcase, whether it be on Mahal or whoever the champion is at that time? Or do you think it's too early to tell? I think it's too early to tell. I hope they don't cash it in before SummerSlam. I hope to see after SummerSlam. I kind of like when the person with the money in the bank briefcase holds it for a while, you know, people kind of then forget about them being Mr. Money in the Bank, and then out of nowhere, they'll show up, and then next thing you know, they're the new champion. I'm not a big fan of the quick cash-in. I mean, I like the cash-ins no matter what, but I like uh, I like them to hold the briefcase for a long, long time and wait for the right time. Don't force anything. Yeah, with Corbin especially, too, I mean, he's not... He is going to be a champion at some point. He's not champion material right now. So I think the more they wait, the longer they wait, whether it be until the fall or maybe even early now. I don't think he walks into WrestleMania with the belt, but I could see them having him cash in later on this year around the fall time, around September, October. I think that'd be the prime time to have him cash in and become champion. If Corbin wins, obviously. I don't know if he's going to win, but I, I think we're both on uh, the same prediction level here in terms of him going over and becoming Mr. Money in the Bank on Sunday. So before we close out, Nick, any other overall thoughts, predictions, any other bold uh, picks for Sunday show? Uh, I just want to know, where is the mid-card for SmackDown? That's it. Can you answer that for me, Graham? Where is Ty Dillinger? Where is Harper, Rowling? Where is English? Where are any of these guys? That's what, I tweeted that out after SmackDown on Tuesday. I said, I mean, I enjoyed the show on Tuesday, and I said this. I enjoy, I appreciate the less is more approach. They have like three to four matches on SmackDown, which is great. I mean, it goes by fast. But at the same time, and again, the way they format SmackDown is really good. But the mid card gets no time. Luke Harper, we haven't seen since Backlash. Aiden English, not since Backlash. Ty Dillinger, I don't think he's been on the show since Backlash. American Alpha knows the tag team division, but they've been gone for a while. Like you said, there's no mid-card. I mean, I know the U.S. champion's in the main event. I know AJ and, and Owens are feuding over that belt and probably Nakamura after the pay-per-view, but that's just because the mid-card is just non-existent, at least in the show. They have good guys there, like you said, Rowan, Harper, English, Dillinger, but they're just never on these pay-per-views. I mean, or at least on SmackDown, they're on the pay-per-views. So I assume we're going to get Dillinger, or we're going to get like Luke Harper and Aiden English in the kickoff show at the last possible second, like they added Apollo Crews and Kalisto at the last second for uh, for Extreme Rules a few weeks ago. But yeah, I wish I could answer that. I wish we, we had a reason why as to why these guys are not on the show more regularly. I mean, they deserve to be, but uh, I don't know. Do, do you have any other thoughts yourself? Uh, I, I just think they killed all Ty Dillinger's momentum, and like you said, Luke Harper, he's a talented guy. 
even Eric Rowan, their their match at the last pay per view was it was a good match. It was a decent filler match. You know, they, they could put on a show. We both we know they could perform. We know Ty Dillinger could perform. Uh, Aiden English is still an unknown commodity. How he's going to work as a singles competitor? But give these give these guys a chance. You know, but the only person that we could really see is going to be set in a feud. That's going to be. Ryder and Mojo when they turn on each other, but that's not for another couple of weeks, I imagine. Yeah, like you said, I look forward to that coming out of Money in the Bank and whenever they turn on each other at some point in the near future. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dillinger, I, you knew when he came up he wasn't going to be a WWE champion, but they could have done a lot more with him. I mean, he's still over whenever he shows up. He got a great reaction. I mean, albeit it was in Chicago, but he still got a great reaction to Backlash and the kickoff show. And um, he could still be a solid mid-card guy. Luke Harper is the biggest crime of them all. I mean, I know someone had asked me earlier this week about if it was a shame that they dropped the ball on his mini-push earlier this year when heading into WrestleMania, uh, when it looked like he would not maybe main event, but headline for the WWE Championship. And I said, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a huge disappointment. The guy was on a roll. He was getting over in the feud of the Wyatt and Orton. And then he just disappeared off of the face of the earth. So... I'm not really sure where he's been or where he's going or whatever, but hopefully we see more of those guys coming out of the pay-per-view on Sunday, which, like I said, on paper has got plenty of potential to be quite good. So hopefully it's a thumbs-up show. SmackDown usually does not disappoint in delivering very good pay-per-views, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, But that being said, Nick, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it for the first time ever. Hopefully we can get you back on the show at some point down the road. Um, But before we let you go... Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries, my friend. No problem at all. But before we let you go, anything you'd like to plug? Your Twitter, Facebook, any other projects you got going on at the moment? Uh, Twitter, at Nick Craft. Instagram, at Nick Craft. Craft is spelled K-R-A-P-F. The P is silent. And that is it. Thanks again, Graham, for having me once again. No worries, Nick. Great time talking, and I'll catch you down the road, my man. All right. Have a good one. Once again, big thanks to Nick for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. First time ever here on Wrestle Rant Radio. We're making history right here on the show every single week. We had Noah Wade for the first time last week. We had Nick Kraft for the first time this week. Again, follow him on the Twitter machine at Nick, K-R-A-P-F. Great time talking to him about everything money in the bank. Now, to close out the episode, quick thoughts on Raw from Monday night from June 12th. Not the greatest show, to be quite honest with you. I thought it started off hot, obviously. The Brock lesnar Samoa Joe brawl, which I thoroughly enjoyed as well as everyone else. I saw some complaints that it could have been longer. It could have been better. It could have been not restrained to one segment. Which I completely agree with. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, but far and away, the best thing on Monday's show. Not even close. Even the main event, which I thought was good. Uh, very entertaining between Sheamus and Cesaro and the Hardy Boys in a 2 out of 3 falls match for the Raw Tag Team titles, ended in a freaking double countout in the third fall. I mean, again, a good match with a really underwhelming ending. And that was pretty much the theme of the entire show. I know it's... The weird thing is, is that I know that the hockey game... Or no, the NBA game final. The NBA finals were on uh, Monday night at 9 o'clock. So WWE knew they were fucked. They knew that they were fucked going into that second hour starting at 9. So what they did was give away their biggest draw of the show at 8 o'clock at the start of the show, and they literally just threw in the towel for the next two hours. That's ridiculous. They just bothered, they didn't even really bother to care. Didn't even really bother to, to, to put forth an effort to at least rival the game, which they know they aren't going to win. But you would think if I had a choice between watching Raw and basketball, and if I'm a basketball fan and I'm a Raw fan, then... If you really like, if you want to 
convince me to watch Raw, then why wouldn't you put forth a stronger effort to convince me to stay? But once you give away your biggest draw of the night in the first five minutes, then why? what incentive do I have to sit here for the next three fucking hours and watch your show? That, to me, made no sense. Uh, so it was not a good show. Um, you know, First segment notwithstanding, I thought it was a pretty dull show overall. Even Samson and Ambrose, which I thought was decent. The, the Miz and Ambrose stuff could have stopped there after Miz cost him the match against the director. But no, they had to keep going with the fucking Ambrose as the bear, Ambrose as the goddamn bear with the Miz against Slater and Rhino. A complete waste of time that was. This entire show was a complete waste of time. And I hate to say that. I mean, I'm usually much more positive about Raw. And I mean, again, I'm looking forward to SmackDown's uh, Money in the Bank show on Sunday. SmackDown I always look forward to. Lucha Underground I always look forward to. NXT I always look forward to. Raw, I'll watch every week live when I can. Um, which is more often than not, obviously. But I'm not like, oh man, I can't wait to watch Raw. Like last week, this past week, for the Joe and Lesnar segment alone, yes. But beyond that, there's nothing all that enticing about the show. I mean, like Nick said earlier, there's there's a couple decent things. Like the Kurt Angle storyline, the Enzo and Cass thing, Miz and Ambrose work well together. There's some stuff to like about Raw right now. But the ratings are at an all-time low, which isn't my biggest concern. Because if I watch live every week, there's not much I could do to change that. But they should be creating a much more must-see show. Like having Cedric come out and face Noam Dar again. And a two-second match was fine. The fact that Alicia Fox out there doing the whole FaceTime conversation and annoying the shit out of everyone in the arena and everyone watching at home was just mind-boggling. Like what about that would make me want to watch 205 Live on Tuesday nights? Is that what we get every Tuesday night now? fucking FaceTime conversations and Neville beating the shit out of people, which is entertaining, but the Neville Swan match never even happened. So, and, and Titus brand shit, like all this other stuff. So I don't know, like the Bailey segment, Bliss is doing a great job. Like Nick said earlier, but, uh, the Bailey segment for me, the sit down interview with Corey Graves was a total missed opportunity. Like I thought that would be the perfect time to start rehabbing and resetting the Bailey character. Because these sit-down interviews are a great opportunity for a character to develop. No, show new sides to said character. But we didn't get any of that with Bailey. She just said she liked to put smiles on people's faces. And she couldn't beat anyone up. Pretty much. And then she gave an awkward hug to Corey Graves to end the interview. Which again, does not make her look good whatsoever. If anything, it made her look weak. So, it's... it's I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff about Raw right now that's just very aggravating and frustrating because I know they could be better like the Enzo and Cass stuff it's intriguing to an extent we all know Cass is going heel unless they really attempt to swerve us I, I would hope that Revival are revealed as the ones that are attacking Enzo and Cass and framing the both of them I doubt that's the case but that's my hope again not a big hope because they know it's not going to happen but even on Monday we got the club versus Enzo and Cass again Big Show coming out again and then Big Cass getting attacked again. That's the fourth straight week that either Enzo Cass, either Enzo or Cass, have been attacked on this show. So again, I don't know what they need to do to rehab Raw. Uh, it's probably a perfect transition because we're going to talk all about it next Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday right here on WrestleRant Radio. We got John Ritland at Reborn Again on the Twitter Machine coming back on WrestleRant Radio for the first time, I believe, since December when we previewed uh, Roadblock, or I think we reviewed it? 
think we I think we previewed it. I'm not I don't remember exactly, but I think the last time he was on was back in December. He'll be back on next Thursday. Um, I will be away in Florida. If I could record a show, I would. Um, it doesn't look like I'll be able to, unfortunately. I'd have to bring my microphone through customs and take time out of the day when we're going to Disney World, all this other shit. I was in Orlando just two months ago, and I'm looking forward to being back. Um, this time, actually being able to enjoy the weekend. I enjoyed my weekend last time over WrestleMania weekend in Orlando, but I didn't have much time to do stuff. If I wasn't writing, I was going to the shows. If I wasn't going to the shows, I was going to Access. It was a very busy time. Um, in Orlando back in early April, but I'm looking forward to enjoying myself. So that being said, I'm recording a podcast later on today that's going up next Thursday with John, talking all things Raw, all things WWE. I mean, obviously it's going up after Money in the Bank. We won't be talking about Money in the Bank because it's going up after the pay-per-view. So that being said, that's going up next Thursday, just talking everything WWE, just shooting the breeze about wrestling in general. So I look forward to talking about that. But, uh, yeah, we talked about Money in the Bank. Raw, there's really not a formal Raw review to give because the show just was not that good on Monday. Just a very dull show. SmackDown, we essentially talked about in the Money in the Bank predictions. Um, I thought it was a good show. Naomi Tamina was a little weak. But I thought the Orton Mahal stuff was really well done for a feed that has done nothing for me so far. I thought the segment, that quote-unquote face-to-face, really wasn't face-to-face. It was more like RKO to face uh, with Orton Agenda on Tuesday. I thought that was really well done. The eight-man tag team match with the New Day and Brazongo beating the Usos and Colognes was good. Charlotte and Natalya, very good match. Great main event. Zayn, Styles, and Nakamura beating Owens, Corbin, and Ziggler. Just a good show overall. Even 205 Live was all right. Um, Akira Tozawa and TJP having a good match. And uh, Alexander and Ari Daivari having a decent match. Austin Aries said that uh, he will be out for the foreseeable future with an injury. He blamed his knee injury which he hurt in kayfabe, I assume it has more to do with the neck, as he alluded to in his promo, so he might be out for a while, which sucks, um, but hopefully once he's back, he's with the heavyweights, and even NXT was alright, the triple threat women's elimination match for the NXT Women's Championship between Asuka, Nikki Cross, and Ruby Riot was pretty good, uh, ending in, again, a no contest, but I thought the brawl that ensued between Nikki and Asuka to close out the show was good, so I enjoyed the show on the whole. Lucha Underground. Um, I have not had the chance to really talk about the show at all in the past three weeks since it premiered. The, the second half of Season 3 came back, back on May 31st. But I've been thoroughly enjoying it. The show's been fucking kick-ass. Which really should be no surprise. Um, but the first half of Season 3, to me, wasn't all that exciting. I can't even remember all that all very much of what happened in the first half of Season 3 of Lucha. It was a good show. But it wasn't as exciting as it was for the first two seasons, especially season one. And um, <clears throat> but the past three weeks of season three, uh, the second half of season three, have been awesome. Um, I talked about it briefly last week, but the all night long match between Johnny Mundo and the Mac was fucking great. Um, now they have the Cueto Cup coming up with Pentagon Junior winning last night, Drago winning last night, Tejano and. Um, who was the other one? Oh, the Mac, obviously winning his match as well. So the Cueto Cup will be a primary focus on the show for the coming months and weeks, I assume, uh, with the winner earning a future Lucha Underground Championship match at the finals of the uh, Cueto Cup. Or no, now the finals, it's going to be Johnny Mundo and Rey Mysterio for the title, which is very exciting. And then beyond that, it will be um, Johnny Mundo versus the winner of the Cueto Cup at Ultima Lucha Trace. So that should be great too, but... Yeah, if anything, if I got to give a show of the week that's not WWE, I thought SmackDown was good, but really the show of the week I thought was Lucha Underground. 
Um, I really enjoyed the show this week. A lot of good wrestling. I'm a huge fucking Pentagon Jr. fan. Got to meet him for the first time last Friday at a Northeast Wrestling event, which is a lot of fun. So uh, check out my full thoughts on that show coming up tomorrow on the random video blog on my YouTube channel at Graham GSM Matthews at YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. My full thoughts and review of the show, meeting Pentagon, meeting Jake the Snake Roberts, meeting Kelly Kelly and Teddy Long, all discussed in that video going up tomorrow. And that's about it. Um, like I said, stay tuned until next Thursday for an all new episode of Wrestle Rant Radio with the returning John Ritland talking all things Raw and WWE on the whole. What does the company need to focus on going forward? What is missing from the WWE product that we're not seeing, that, that we feel that we can fix? I'm not saying that we should be hired by the company, but what we're saying is that uh, there, there's a problem there. That The state of Raw is not good. It's not as exciting as it should be. There's promise. There's good talent, like Nick said earlier, but uh, there's, there's still, in my opinion, lacking that must-see feel that they need in order to compete with the likes of SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, even Ring of Honor and the like. I know Ring of Honor has its uh, best in the world pay-per-view next Friday. I don't think I'll be able to watch live. I should not be home by that point. I'm coming home uh, to Connecticut from Florida on Friday night in the afternoon. Um, I, I don't think I'll be back here until like maybe 9 or 10, so I'll be missing. I'll likely be missing a good chunk of the pay-per-view, but... If I can if I can watch live, I would like to. Best in the World is usually pretty good. And uh, it should be a good show next Friday in Lowell. A show I wish I could have been at. I can't be, unfortunately. Because um, obviously I'll be away. But it should be a good show, nevertheless. So that being said, guys, before we go off the air, as always, check me out on the socials. Follow me on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant. Find me on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews. And on YouTube as well, like I said earlier, at youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. And right here on nextairwrestling.net for my full written reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Main Event, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, and everything else in between. That stuff's going on. That, that stuff goes up on the website pretty much on a daily basis. So check out the website for all that cool shit and much more. And of course, Wrestle Rant Radio, new episodes every single Thursday. Next Thursday, like I said, John Ritland returns to talk all things WWE and Raw with yours truly. And then uh, once again, big thanks to Nick. Follow him on Twitter at Nick, K-R-A-P-F, Nick Craft. And uh, it was an awesome time talking to him and predicting Money in the Bank this Sunday. Hopefully we can get him on the show at some point down the road. So that being said, guys, enjoy the rest of your week slash weekend. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Enjoy Money in the Bank next Sunday, or this Sunday, rather. It feels like it's the next Sunday we get a fucking pay-per-view every other week now, but it is indeed this Sunday. I'm looking forward to it, but I wish we would get a break from these pay-per-views every once in a while. But anyway, guys, enjoy the event on Sunday. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Do I